It is 2020. It is the year of clear vision. It is a decade for us to see and experience the unprecedented glory of God. 2020, clear vision. Yes, you can sing the song. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. You and I, this decade, will see the glory of Jesus like never before. I'm just going to believe this. By faith through Christ, substantiated with God's word. I do believe what the Bible says. That what comes out of your mouth matters. The Bible says that what you establish with your mouth, what you utter with your mouth, that very thing by faith through Christ in the will of God will come to pass. So I believe this. What am I believing? I'm believing in this decade you're not going to live in failure. You're not going to live in defeat. You're not going to live in misery. You're not going to live in bondage. You're not going to live in captivity. I'm even going to say it. You're not going to live in depression or anxiety or fear or confusion or toxic relationships. You're not going to live in the past. You're not going to live in shame. You're not going to live in condemnation. You're not going to live in the desert. You're not going to live in the pit. You and your house will see the glory and the grace and the gift and the power and the favor of Jesus in you, with you, and through you like never before. How many actually believe that? How many want to see their entire family saved? How many, how many here want to see Jesus in you, with you, and through you, where you become a walking billboard of the grace-filled work of Christ? Raise both hands. How many want to see your destiny and your purpose come to pass? How many want to stop talking about it and thinking about it and start doing it? This, ladies and gentlemen, requires us to look back the story of a man named Elijah and Elisha. Elijah, as we alluded to last week, was one of the most iconic, epic prophets in all of Scripture. I mean, amazing prophet. He even appears in the New Testament. He did a cameo appearance with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's how, and, and he appears even mentioned again, referenced in the book of Revelation of the end times. Elijah is that kind of prophet. Elijah would pray down fire, droughts, and rains. Great prophet. He finds his protege, Elisha, 1 Kings 19, 19, pushing a plow, breaking ground, sowing seed, places his mantle upon him. Elisha follows him. Elijah begins a journey. Elisha, his spiritual son, his successor, he wants to succeed Elijah. So he begins a journey through four different places. Here they are. This is 2 Kings chapter 2. That's what we're covering here. Under 2020 clear vision, keep your eyes on the prize. Right here for a journey. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see what you've never seen before, I would argue, biblically speaking, this outline is the same outline that applies for you and I. You have to go to Gilgal, go to Bethel, go to Jericho, and go to Jordan. If you understand the prophetic biblical significance of each of these places, you will see this decade what you have never seen before. Even beginning this year. And let me digress a little bit, little review here in a brief synopsis. Gilgal, you begin, this is 2 Kings chapter 2, 1 through 6. Gilgal, where's where they began. Notice, you want to see what you've never seen before? Let's begin here. Gilgal. What is Gilgal? Gilgal is the place. It is the first altar that was created in the promised land when the Israelites crossed the Jordan. They built an altar. They called it Gilgal. It is the place of new beginnings. It represents for us, Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, going back to our first love. 
It represents us coming back to that place where we encountered the fullness of the graceful work of Jesus. In the matter of fact, Joshua chapter 5 verse 9 says the following. In Gilgal, God took away the reproach from Egypt. God separated the people of God from their past. The moment you let go of your past, then you can see the fullness of what God has for you. You've got to be willing to let go. Now, let me ask a very honest, transparent question. How many, at least in one chapter of your life, how many have had difficulty letting go of their past? If you've been there at least for a day. How many have been at a moment where maybe you wanted to let go of your past, but your past didn't want to let go of you? How many, because we never discussed that. You want to let go, but the past kind of comes back and just, if you've ever been there, raise both hands. What if I tell you that the blood of Jesus not only deals with you, but the blood of Jesus deals with your past, so you have nothing to go back to. You didn't get that. In the blood, through what even the wording of Joshua 5:9 says, the, the stone was the stone of your past, of your reproach, was rolled away. Then we go to the New Testament. On the third day, the stone was rolled away. The resurrection of Jesus. This represents forgiveness and resurrection. I'm here to tell you one more time until your ear really gets it. From this moment on, you're going to see what you're going to see, what God has for you. Because there's nothing in your past that can stop you. And I'm going to, let me, let me mess up your theology. Ready for this? For those of you who actually think that you can go back to your past after you experience the blood of Jesus, good luck with that. There is no past to go back to. Jesus buried your past. Jesus annihilated your past. There's only, are you with me right now? There's only one way to go. When you look back, you will find nothing there. Gilgal, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. When you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, everything is made new. That's Gilgal. Somebody say Gilgal. We begin here. You always begin here. You begin knowing that you're saved. You begin born again. You begin transformed by the blood of the Lamb. Right here, you begin at Gilgal. And then you come to Bethel. Somebody say Bethel. This is the place of the dream. This is where a man named Jacob had a dream. We talked about this last week. He put his head on a rock and he had a dream. By the way, don't try to put Bethel before Gilgal. This is the chronological order on purpose. You don't have a Bethel before Gilgal. Elijah did not take Elijah to Bethel first and then Gilgal. No, because if you have a dream before you're saved, that's called an illusion. You're lying to yourself. To some of you, it's an illusion. To others, it's a fantasy. To others, it's a nightmare. And, and that's what you have before you're saved. But when you are saved and, and you have a dream, when you're saved and you have a dream, you become one of the most dangerous people on the planet. Because dreamers cannot be stopped. Dreamers are not comfortable with the status quo. Dreamers do not fit in a box. When you're saved and you have a dream, there are moments that you don't even have the physical, the financial, the relational strength, but the dream keeps you going. The dream ignites you. The dream charges you up. I am asking God to make your dream a reality. Not just your dream for you. The, you no, oh, I feel something good. 
There are people here that you have a dream just for yourself. But I'm going to speak to those that are not just about you. I want to speak to the people here that just don't have a dream for themselves. You have a dream for your children and your children's children and your children's children. How about this? I'm talking about people here that have a dream for their community and their people and their city and their state and their nation. How many believe that God will make your dream a reality? Dreamers, people that are washed of the blood. If you've been through this Gilgal and you go to Bethel, you're dangerous. You have cuckoo for cocoa puff dreams. This is crazy. I mean, crazy, crazy. No, you're not getting this. A dream, a dream, a dream, a dream, a dream, a dream, a dream. And God's going to bring you the right people. God's going to bring you. This morning, right here, God gave, and I say this with fear and trembling again. Not like the, God gave me a word right here about this portion of the dream. And I'm going to share you what God gave me. This is this morning, fresh from the Panera oven. Are you ready for this? Your dream is not only going to become a reality. I heard the Holy Spirit say the following. Tell them this will be a decade of no regrets. This is for at least five people in the audience. I'm going to say that one more time. The last decade you had regrets, this will be a decade of no regrets. How about this? This will be a decade of no excuses. And I heard the Lord say, tell them, if they believe this to run with it, as they pursue me, this will be a decade of no more wasted time. If this is for you, raise your hand. Repeat after me, no regrets. No more excuses. No more wasted time. If you really believe it, look at your neighbor, tell them, neighbor... My dream will be a reality. God's purpose will be fulfilled. And this decade, no regrets, no more excuses, no more wasted time. You believe what you just said? Praise God like you will have no regrets. Give him glory. Give him praise like you know. Your dream will become a reality. I said your dream will become a reality. Dreamers. So once, once you go here, they began right here in Gilgal. This is where they began. All right, here, no more reproach. Got it. There's no more. I'm separated from my past. Nothing in my past can stop me. You could dream. You're a dreamer. And the, the dream weaver. Yeah, the dream. The 1970s, baby. Go back old school. And then if you can dream because you're saved and you, you got this, if you have a dream, the next thing is Jericho. That's the order. Read it. This is not my line. This is the word. Jericho. Now, someone tell me what is Jericho famous for? The wall. See? This is a very cooperative, very interactive audience. The wall. Can someone in, a, in 30 seconds or less give me a synopsis? Because there are people here that have never been to church. This idea of Jericho. What is Jericho? What do you mean a wall? What's the wall? Somebody give me 30 second synopsis. What happened to the wall? Just quick. What, go ahead. You're, the, you're, the, you're Mac Daddy Mac here. What's the wall? Jericho. What's, what's the whole story? Go. The wall surrounded the city, and the Israelites were instructed to walk around the wall seven times while praising. And they had different instructions each time they walked around the wall. Eventually, the wall fell. And what did they do the last time with the wall to fall? They yelled. They shouted. They shouted. Okay. So a bunch of people. So the full story, and thank you very much. The full, the full story, pay raise. The full story is, <laughs> the, kidding. The full story is, but you can dream now. The full story is. <laughs> okay, the, but the full story is this. Jericho was the first city when they stepped into the promised land 
they had to conquer all of Canaan, all of Israel, all of that land. The first thing they had to conquer was Jericho in order to get to the rest. So watch this. They, this is Gilgal. You're, you're, you got this. You're saved. You're, you're circumcision with the Old Testament now. Circumcision of the heart. Book of Romans. Salvation through Christ. You're saved. You have a dream. When you have a dream, you go to Jericho. I'm here to tell you, if I were to come in front of you right now and tell you the following, or any preacher tells you this, you need to be careful. If any preacher tells you, I don't care what height, I don't care if they, they speak in tongues, prophesy, throw things, I don't care if they float in the air. If they tell you, oh, here's the word of the Lord, in this decade, you will not confront any wall. In this decade, you will not have any problems. In this decade, the devil will not even dare come against you. If you hear that stuff, y'all need to start running out of that place. Because that's not biblically substantiated. It's not lined up with scripture. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that as you go, as you, as you walk towards your destiny, as you walk on your journey to see Psalm 138 verse 8, that's what it says. I'm going to tell you what Psalm 138 verse 8 says. The Lord says, I will fulfill your purpose in your life. Your purpose will be, but as you do that, this is what Jericho represents, the wall. But I'm here to tell you that when you are saved and you have a dream, whoo-hoo, the walls cannot stop you. I'm preaching to everyone here. You, no, 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 no. Before you would approach the wall like this, before you would approach the wall like this, before you would be scared of the wall, intimidated by the wall. Not now, baby. You know what it is to be saved. You know what it is to have a dream. When you step into here, when that wall comes in front of you, you know that behind every wall, there is a promise. I'm here to tell you in Jesus' name. I'm not here to tell you there will not be any walls. I'm here to tell you that if you pursue righteousness, as you grow in Christ, and Christ grows in you, I guarantee you there's not one wall that will be able to stop you, one wall that will be able to stand in your way. How many believe that with me? You come here in Jericho. We all got to go through Jericho. We all got to confront our walls. The wall of lack, the wall of fear, the wall of self-doubt, the wall of self-pity, the wall of perpetual victimization, the wall of shame and condemnation, the wall of depression, anxiety, fear, confusion, the wall of betrayal, the wall of denial, the wall of toxic relationships. All of those walls will come down. All of those walls will have no other choice because behind the wall, behind every wall, there is a promise. Watch this. He, they could have stayed here. The Israelites, Joshua chapter 5, 6, 7, they could have stayed here, but they didn't. I hope you're getting this right now. They could have stayed stuck but they did not. They could have been satisfied with this much of the promise. You are not going to be satisfied with this much of the promise. You and your family are going to occupy everything that God ordained with your name on it. I'm going to say that one more time. You and your family will occupy everything that God ordained and predestined with your name on it. Jericho. Somebody shout Jericho. If you have a dream, raise your hand. If you've been washed by the blood, raise both hands. Then you come here. And when you come here, you have options. I'm going to give you your three options if you want to write them down. Good luck with that. When the walls appear this decade, you have three options regarding your walls. Whoop. 
you could go around it. Because no wall is eternal. The only eternal truths are glorious and righteous and come from heaven. No, you missed it. Even the wall of China has a limit. If you're willing to spend more time getting to your place, then you could easily do this. I'm not in the mood for this wall. I'm going to go around it. It may take me three more years, five more years, ten more years to get to my place of destiny. But I'm going to go around the wall. Some of you have taken a long time getting to your place because you decided not to confront the wall. You decided to go around the wall. You still may get to your place. It just took you a lot longer than what it was supposed to have taken you because you chose to go around it. Option B is, now, nah, I'm not going to go around it. I'm going to climb over it because I have no qualms in confronting what's on the other side of that wall. So I think I'm man enough, and if, I'm, if I can find some people that can do this with me, we could climb up the wall, and we can go in there and do our fighting and confront. That's option two. And there's a third option. A third option is instead of going around it or climbing the wall, what if what's inside of me comes outside of me? <laughs> And destroys this wall in front of me where I get to climb over it. So in full disclosure, if this was only about me, I would go around it. If it was only about me, I may even climb it with a couple of my friends. But it's not just about me. It's not about me. Everything that Samuel Rodriguez does in life now, when I was in my 20s or teens, I thought it was about me. But I'm not there anymore. So I realized I matured. That's the code word for getting older. I matured. And I found out that it's no longer about me. Everything I do now, it's a different lens. It's no longer about you, Samuel. It's about your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. I'm about to preach now in 30 seconds. So I don't have the time and the option to go around the wall. I don't even have the option to risk what's on the other side of the wall. I only have one option. I'm going to shout you down. Because my wall, I'm going to shout you down because my wall will become the bridge for my children and my children's children and my children's children's children. I don't know if you're getting this. My wall will be my children's bridge. No, you're missing it. I have no choice. I'm going to shout the wall down because my children will one day walk on the ruins of what I praise down, what I shout it down, what I pray down, what I preach down. If you believe that, give God that shout right now. If you really believe it, lift up your hands. Now, if you truly, truly believe it, lift up both hands real high. I want you, as your hands are lifted high, really high, listen carefully. Your wall becomes your children's bridge. No, you missed it. That's why you just can't walk around it. Pastor Lauren, don't just walk around it. You need to bring it down because my children will not have to face what I faced in my generation. I'm prophesying to somebody. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm here to tell you, your children will walk on top of the ruins of the things that you praise down, that you pray down, that you preach down, that you prophesy down. 
believe you're ready for your wall to become your bridge. Praise like your wall becomes your bridge. Worship like your wall becomes your bridge. Stand with me. You are standing. Your wall becomes your children's bridge. One day my grandkids are going to be crossing a bridge. A bunch of rocks brought together. Old ruins. There's going to be a little plaque they're going to put there. I am crossing on the very thing that once stood in my granddaddy's way. But my grandmother and my granddaddy shouted that thing down. My grandson is going to be and my granddaughter's going to be on that bridge going, my grandparents had an option. They could have gone around the long way. And this wall would still have been there in my generation. But they didn't. They could have climbed it and taken a risk, but they didn't. They kept on marching until God told them to release it. And I'm not talking about an emotional church shout. If you think this is about the shout that Pentecostals and Charismatics preach about, that's adorable. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the biblical revelation that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm telling you about the power of your life being a shout. I want my life to be loud. Let me know what I don't mean irritating. I don't mean aggravating. I, I, I don't want to be loud in front of people. In front of people, sometimes it needs to be quiet and needs sublime and nuanced. But in front of the forces of hell, I don't want to be low, man. In front of every devil, demon, legion, principality, in front of every lie of the enemy, in front of every addiction, I want my life to be a shout. Are you with me? Because my wall will be their bridge. Somebody shout one more time and this is you. standing with me I'm going to shout you down because if I climb over it's going to be of my strength uh, Pastor Phyllis's daughter this morning passed by me at the insurance station and she said Pastor Stan that really got to me because the, the, the third option you gave us is the only viable option because the first two is about us the third one is all God she went, the third option is the only viable option. Like, who would choose options one and two? Because it's about you, your ability to go around it, your ability to climb up. But the third one is just you standing in front of a wall going. And letting what God has placed inside of you, the grace, the gift, and the glory of Jesus, letting the spirit of God that's inside of you, the fullness of Christ manifest and annihilate what stands in front of you. What God has placed inside of you is always greater than any wall the enemy can place in front of you. I want you to hear me. Your wall this decade will become your bridge. Not just your bridge. Your wall will become your children's bridge. Your children will one day walk on top of the ruins of what you bring down this decade. If you receive this word 192.3% for you, can you let God know by giving him some sort of praise that lets him know this is all you?
No, I don't, I don't know if we're there yet. I don't know if we're there yet. I don't know. We're on our way to see a double portion. We're on our way to receive a greater portion. To see, literally, the prophet Elijah told Elijah verbatim, do your biblical due diligence. He told me, do you want, what do you want? It's a hard, it's a hard question you've asked. What do you want? I'll tell you what I want. I want a double portion of your spirit. A double portion of what you carry, your authority, your power. The, the word we use is anointing. We, I want a double portion of that. And then Elijah comes back with the answer. Maybe you've heard this word before, this phrase. Ready? Elijah says, you want it? Then watch me. He says, watch me. Keep your eyes on me. Watch me. Watch me. We're going to get to that. We're about to see what we've never seen before. But I'm here to tell you right now, Put your hand, put, lift up your hand right now. Every single wall has to come down. If you want to get to the Jordan and see the double portion, you got to go through these stages in life. you got to be born again. You have to have a dream. After having a dream, you have to be willing to confront your walls, not just for your sake, but for the sake of your children and your children's children. Next week, we'll get into the Jordan and discover God, the way maker. All of that happens before you get that double portion and see what we've never seen before. We're going to get that. But every wall has to come down. I'm speaking right now. I'm going to prophesy to you. That's a biblical word for speaking biblical truth. Here it is. Speaking truth to power. I'm here to tell you by the time you get home, every wall will be in ruins in the name of Jesus. Every wall. How about this? I sense the Holy Ghost as I tell you this. Some of your children have some walls. Some of your loved ones have some walls. They're, how about if today we give God a holy shout and every wall comes down? Come on. Let that wall of addiction come down. Let that wall of depression come down. Let that wall of anxiety come down. Let that wall of confusion come down. Let that wall of fear come down. Let that wall of bitterness come down. The wall becomes your bridge. The wall becomes your bridge. The wall becomes your bridge. Pastor Nathan said they marched. They kept on marching. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep believing. The idea is resilience and perseverance. Tenacity. Never giving up. Even though it looks like it's an exercise in futility. It is not. If God said, just trust me. Let people criticize you. By the time you do five times around, your critics will arise and go like, you're wasting your time. They just don't know. They don't know that when God says, it's time. It's time. Oh, I feel the Lord. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho. Everybody repeat after me. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho. One more time and then I'm done. I really am done. Repeat after me. Say, I'm saved. Nothing in my past can stop me. Because there is no past anymore. I have a dream. It's a crazy dream. It's a wild dream. But it's going to come to pass. Not just for me, but for the people I love. It will come to pass. No regrets. No excuses. No more wasted time. What's a wall? A future bridge. Every wall that I confront this decade, every wall will come down. And it will serve as a bridge, not just for me, but for my children and my children's children and my children's children's children. In Jesus' name, 
That's today's prayer. Give the Lord a praise offering because you just ushered in. In a moment, don't move. In a moment, I'm going to ask the following. Can you, gentlemen, can you put Gilgal here, Bethel here, and Jericho there? In a moment, I'm going to call you out. There are people in this place that need to begin at Gilgal. There are people that say, Pastor Sam, this got me today because I've always heard about don't let your past stop you. And I heard a revelation scripturally substantiated today that I have no past to go back to. That Christ annihilates my past. So the idea of me going back to my past, Jesus is smiling. You go back and you'll find Jesus here. That's crazy. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. And then you turn back and Jesus goes like, where are you going? He's right here. And you go, I'm going back to my past. And he goes, what past? To the to the, to the other. And God says, what are you talking about? Like, I took, the moment you came to me, I took care of it. There is no past. And then you want to get real theologically deep? Then Jesus says, and, and you insist. You go, I really want to go back to my past. And Jesus, this is, some of you ain't going to get this. The apostle Paul wrote, Jesus says, you really want your past? What if I tell you that your past is now in me? You want your past? Come here. There is no past. But some of y'all need to get to that first step today. Get your life right with God. Let go. Let, beyond letting go of your past, let Jesus take care of your past. Come here. Then some of you have done this. But you've been living a nightmare, a fantasy, or an illusion. And this, right here. This is going to be a, an awkward statement. I got to go, but I want you to look at me. Some of you have been serving someone else's dream. And that is beautiful and precious and, and biblically substantiated. But God has a dream for you. Do not ever believe that for, for your entire life, your job is just to be a dream weaver for someone else. God has a dream for you. Yes, be faithful in serving someone else. Joseph did that. But God has his own dream for you. That dream will come to pass in the name of Jesus. So if you want that dream, if, you, if you've had, can you raise your right hand? Father, this is only, only if you want to. You don't have to. But all the dreamers here, entrepreneur, creative, innovators, the dreamers, the same God that gave you the dream will provide for that dream. God's going to resource your dream. I'm going to say that one more time. I need you to get ready. You've heard the phrase, the vision is, and the provision. The same God that gave you the dream is the same God that will give you the resourcing to make that dream a reality. I'm believing that right now for everyone in this auditorium. Those that are watching online, God's going to provide for your dream. Your dream will become a reality. If this is for you, raise your hand really high. I feel the Lord as I tell you this. God's going to resource your dream. He's not just the God of the dream. He's the God of the resourcing of the dream. The God of the process is the God of the outcome. In the name of Jesus, believe that.